Welcome to Detour to Neverland, where you are the author of your own Disney story. There's a lot of satisfaction in developing ideas into realities. And you can find magic in your everyday life. If you do what you really want to do, you feel like you're playing. How can you write your first chapter today? Dreams are how we figure out where we want to go. Life is how we get there. I'm headed this way. We're your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Shawarma, where we talk all shawarma all the time. (laughs) I can't can't even. That's what this episode is all about, right? It's just shawarma? I mean, pretty close, but not quite. Today, we are going to be talking all about DCA and most importantly, Avengers Campus. So I guess that falls into the same category. Good. Good to know. Well, I suppose we're pretty far invested into Detour to Neverland marketing, so we'll stick with the name for now. But just know, shawarma is on the table going forward. I mean, it's definitely on the on the mind. It seems like if we ever need a rebrand, that's the direction that we're going. But this is Detour to Neverland episode three hundred and two. Like Catherine said, we are covering the second part of our Disneyland trip report. Today is all about Disney California Adventure. A lot of talk about Avengers Campus, a lot of talk about Lamplight Lounge will be on the docket, and then we'll sprinkle in the rest of DCA as well. But before we get started, we want to mention our travel agent sponsor for this episode. We could not have pulled off this Disneyland trip without our help from Hannah Little with Creating Magic Vacations. She set us up with our tickets, she gave us our itineraries, she kept us updated along the way as things changed, as our dates approached, and even while we were there, she was updating on things to look out for or things that would be changing while we were out on our vacation. And she can do the same for you. She'll make sure that you are well-equipped, well-informed, and you are ready to have a blast. You can reach her and fill out the free quote at littlebitofdisney.com. Just fill it out, put in the information that you know, and she'll get back to you and you can get the ball rolling. You can also find a link to that down in the show notes. Again, that's Hannah Little with Creating Magic Vacations. So we have a lot to talk about today. Brendan kind of summed it up just a little bit, but I guess the first thing we have to go ahead and get out of the way is everything that there is to do with Avengers Campus. I would say a good majority of our trip was spent in this one particular area. Rightfully so, and that was our plan going into it. And I think that's even kind of a testament is that this land delivered and more for what we are expecting out of it, because basically we centered a lot of our trip around this area. And thankfully, it was not a dud. It wasn't something where we just walked through it and we didn't go back. It was somewhere that we continued to go back to over and over and over again. So let's start with the attraction there. Then we'll do characters, then we'll do food, and then we'll do anything else that we want to talk about. (laughs) Okay. So the ride, of course, is Web Slingers. And so they are doing it right now in a similar style that they're doing Rise of the Resistance, where you do have to get a boarding group ahead of time. And thankfully, we were able to get a boarding group twice. Yeah, I mean, 
Something that we kind of mentioned is that Rise of Resistance really did help us out when it came to preparing for that because it's the same exact system. You just have to know what to press. Don't look back. Don't check any boxes. Just click, click, click. And Brendan got it for us the first day. And then the second time we did Web Slingers, we connected our accounts with our friends who are also there with us, Colleen and Ben. And Colleen was able to get a boarding group. And she actually did a better job than you did. Yeah, she got 17. So we basically were called right when the park opened. Which was pretty cool because it really allowed us to go ahead and do that and kind of experience Avengers Campus for that day. And then we had the rest of the day to kind of venture elsewhere. But when it comes to web slingers, a couple things that we noticed. First off, uh, just like if you've ever done Rise of Resistance, the process of like checking your reservation is a little hectic not because it's not organized because i do think it's well organized but it's very thorough so two people check you to make sure that you're in the right place and that you're supposed to be there but the line itself basically as soon as you walk in the building i mean that's like the pre-show so there's no indoor queue which is pretty on point for California. Well, and I think it's even more, I do think there's an extra room that might be closed off right now due to COVID. So I think they actually have more indoor queue than we experienced, but they are trying to minimize that as much as possible right now. Oh, okay. Well, I'd be super interested in seeing that mystery room. Yeah, I don't quote me on it, but I believe... When we first went in, I think we could have went to the right and had more queue that way. Oh, okay. I mean, there definitely looked to be things that way. I just assumed it was a cast member area. But we did wait outside. Something that we commented on the very first day that we wrote it, we were boarding group. Was it? 42 or something like that. Yeah, which is still pretty early. But that was probably one of the longest lines that we waited in our entire vacation just because they are trying to get lots of people through. Um, It wasn't like unbearable or anything, but I just thought that was interesting. One note, and sorry, just to backtrack just a little bit about getting the boarding group. In case you're curious as to what clock Disney uses, they use the U.S. Naval World Clock. So I searched (laughs) that both days just on my computer and had it up and running so that we could do a countdown and know exactly when to pull down to get it to refresh, to get the boarding groups to pop up. But it was actually, I think, a little bit easier to connect in the Disneyland app than it is in Walt Disney World because finding someone through my Disney experience for Walt Disney World is not easy. Disneyland, because you basically have to know their email address. Mm -hmm. Disneyland, we were able to just send screenshots to Ben and Colleen. They were able to upload them into theirs. They did the same for us. We were connected within... 30 seconds. So that was a pretty seamless process to make sure that all of our group was organized, set, ready to go. We don't know for sure if they do the same treatment there, whereas for Rise and Hollywood Studios, it's not a stated policy, but normally if one person in your group gets a boarding group and other people may have been left off, then they will add them. I would assume they probably do the same thing for web slingers, but don't know for certain. Well, and what we've 
noticed in the past with rise resistance, it worked to our advantage a lot more during like this COVID time, which is funny to say, but because they were limiting like who sits in your row, if it was two people and maybe one person or two people got left off, it was a lot easier for them to add those people because they were going to be sitting in the same row as you. So I don't know if the same thing would apply here because you do sit in a row of four. So when we wrote it, you know, just our party took up the one side of the vehicle. Yeah, that is an interesting thought because I do think that's maybe why they're maybe going to get a little more strict on rise because they are mixing groups now. They are. So once we got into the building, like I said, I mean, we basically just walked right in to the pre-show and both times we had a really good spot, like right up at the front so we could see all the little details I think that was one of our favorite parts was just looking for the little Easter eggs or that, you know, they have little post-it notes and all sorts of little things that you can look at in the video, but also just in the room itself. So that was really cool. I guess we didn't talk about this before. Are we spoiling this ride or not? No, not really. Okay. I just didn't know how far we were willing to go. No, I mean, I just think there's a lot to look at. And I think that theme plays over into just the entire Avengers campus itself. It's very, very detail-oriented. I mean, some of the things that stood out to us were when you're actually in the outside queue, there is the boy from Iron Man 3 where Tony lands in the middle of the woods. And it's actually in Tennessee. I forgot that. I was talking to my brother about it, and he reminded me. It's in Chattanooga is where that actually takes place. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So when he lands in the woods and he goes to the little shed where the boy has a little workshop set up and then Tony takes it over and rebuilds his Iron Man suit there, that boy shows up again in the MCU. He's actually at Tony's funeral in Endgame. And then that same actor has a poster where he is there for Webb. So he's working on technology and science. And so there's nice little tie-ins that are all kind of throughout there. Yeah, if you read the signs, you'll learn a lot. So those are really interesting. But then, you know, just walking up to the ride vehicle, I guess when you say spoilers, what is it that we're not trying to spoil? Like, does everyone know the premise of the ride? I believe most people know the premise, and I think most people would know that it is similar to a Toy Story Mania-type track, I think that's where the similarities stop. I think it is a much, much superior attraction to Toy Story Mania, which is already a good attraction. So let's break it down a little more in case you're lost with what Brendan is saying. Basically, the premise of this ride is that you are using your Spider-Man technology abilities to shoot these little bots. And it is a game. You are trying to earn points. You are working as a team which is really cool. So it's like an individual competition if you want to compete with the people in your car. But then as a team, so between, you know, the two of us or the four of us when we rode with our friends, we were working together to try to be the highest scoring car. I think we got fourth for the hour or fourth for the whole day. For the day. And third for the hour. Which was really fun because they actually show you those statistics as you are leaving the queue. But like Brendan said, we were walking into this and of course we knew we were going to enjoy it, but we were also a little hesitant because we had heard 
kind of mixed reviews on just, you know, how cool is it? You know, everyone is very opinionated. And we left really enjoying it. I just thought the technology that they must have had to create to be able to just use your arms, I just was blown away by that. And I think we both walked away with the same opinion is that the only thing that could really make this ride better, and of course, we don't know how they would do this, but if you did not have to wear 3D glasses, that would make it a little more enjoyable. That just takes away from the experience a little bit. Or maybe if they were shaped like Spider-Man eyes, that would maybe... (laughs) make it a little bit cooler. So I don't want to talk about the specific scenes. I think that's where I draw the line. Yeah. Like that's what we don't want to spoil. However, I do think it's worth mentioning that it is similar to like a Rise of the Resistance or a Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run where the story bleeds over into the land that you're in, which I think is a really cool aspect of it is that before the ride and after the ride, you are seeing little hints of the story that's connected to the attraction. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's what we are always looking for, is how how does this play into the bigger picture? And it was definitely there. I mean, obviously, the Imagineers always think of those things, but I feel like, especially in these newer lands, I feel like, in a way, we see it a lot more. Like, it is very well thought out. And the other thing about scoring is it is somewhat straightforward, which I like. Mm-hmm. So they they prompt you uh, audibly as to what score more than other things. And then after you write it the first time, you actually see the scoreboard and you see which ones you hit that were worth the most, second most, so on and so forth. So going into it, you're second or third time writing it, you know automatically what you are looking for to score the highest, which I think is nice because then it's not like a space rider spin. Where it's just random. Well, you know, there are points assigned to it, but it's like you got to watch it on YouTube. You got to read a blog. I I don't know. I just like that it's not overly complicated just for the sake of making it overly complicated. I can agree with that. Last thing I'll say I don't think this spoils it either, is they are highly accurate, which was really nice, I think, because that's like that's one of my complaints about Astro Blasters or Toy Story Mania or Space Ranger Spin. All those shooting games is a lot of times like, I, I don't know if that's my laser, your laser. <laughs> I don't know if my laser's actually shooting, you know? Yeah. With this one, they're color-coded. You almost throw it exactly where you want to if you really, you know, point it the way that you're supposed to. And so for that reason, I I thought it was a great ride. Is it an e-ticket attraction? Probably not. Do you think it is? I mean, I don't know if it's just because it's new or if it's because the technology is so cool, but I think for a long time it will be. So when the Quinjet roller coaster opens up, Web Slingers will probably never really reach over an hour wait, if I had to guess. It'll probably go into kind of the same version of Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, but I think this is a much better ride than Smuggler's Run. I agree with that. I just, I don't know. Like I said earlier, I think the technology is just amazing. And the Easter eggs, put it all together, give us Peter Parker, and what more could you want? Let's go ahead and knock out the other attraction in Avengers Campus, 
an older attraction, but it is absorbed into this land now. That is Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. Unfortunately, on this trip, we only got to ride it once. Normally, this would be one that we would try to do two, three, four times. But we only got to ride it once, but it is, it's, it's an impeccable ride. Well, and again, the details here are just, you know, outstanding. We found Figment for the first time in the collector's area. Of course, we were scouring the office when we were in there. We got to see Harold waiting to board the the lifts. So Harold is an old Yeti that they have to run the Matterhorn, and they put him in there. And I think he actually dates back to when it was Tower of Terror. I think he's been there the whole time. No. I'm pretty sure. What would he be doing in Tower of Terror? Just hanging out. That's terrifying. I'm sorry, but it makes more sense that Tavon would want him. Correct. But it's one of those, like, I hate to compare it to Tower of Terror. And I think we're living in the perfect world right now where both of them exist. I wouldn't want a duplicate of either one of them because I don't think they can capture the magic of each of them, you know, if they try to replicate it. And I know they already replicated Tower of Terror, so it's kind of a moot point. But it clearly didn't work. Yeah. I mean, it worked, but Mission Breakout is is an excellent, excellent ride. And even for someone, I think it's maybe even more so true than Tower of Terror. That if you don't like drop rides, this is still one to go through the queue. Yes. I didn't know where you're going to go with that at first. I thought you were going to still say to ride it. And I was like, did you not remember how many drops there were? Yeah. If you don't like drop rides, you probably won't like this because that's all this is. And I think that just enhances the fun. But, you know, I like that the music changes. What song did we get this time? Oh, do you remember? If you hadn't asked me, I would have remembered. I'll have to go back and watch our video. Well, that's okay. But, you know, the music just pumps you up. It's a good long ride. Like, it's a good long sequence. So I feel like because the line was so long, you do get a good bang for your buck. You looked at me like I thought you figured out the song. No. No. I was just listening. Okay. But just all in all, I I like seeing Rocket as an animatronic. I think that's really cool. And, yeah, we were honestly mostly just shocked because we had heard so many people say, oh, well, because of Web Slingers, we walked right on to Guardians of the Galaxy. And I'm honestly really jealous of the people who had that experience because the whole time that we were there, all three days, I think every time we checked the wait times, I mean, it was like over an hour almost all the time. Now, when we got in line, it was like 45 minutes. And I think it ended up moving a little bit faster than that. But there was another time where we tried to get in line and it said 45 minutes and the cast member outside the queue said it was actually 75. So I don't really know what was going on there. Maybe they were having some like technical issues yeah, or something. I don't something. know if they were running all of the shafts. But all in all, I think it is a must do. And I do like how they were able to tie it into... Avengers Campus. Do you, though? Why wouldn't I? Do you not like it? I I mean, it's sort of a stretch, I think. It's a little bit of a stretch, but I don't don't care. We talked about it in our Avengers Campus preview. The the story that they tell 
is that Tavon basically sensed this great energy at this location because there are already so many superheroes here. And so that's why he put his collection right next to it. So even though it was built first, the story actually says that Avengers Campus came first and then Tavon placed his collection next to it. And it also raises the question that if the Guardians of the Galaxy were locked up, why wouldn't any of the other Avengers help? I guess if you have Rocket, you don't need help. Well, that brings up my next point, actually. Okay. Sticking, we'll just do everything under the attractions umbrella, including the shows. All right. So they have the Avengers Assemble stunt show, and this happens on Avengers HQ. The biggest show probably in the land as far as the amount of people that can see it and the space that it takes up. Now, we'll get to the show in just a second. Here's the funniest part of this. Before, both times, we saw the show, show twice. Both times, Captain Marvel was standing on the very top of the headquarters, right next to the Quinjet. And with like a minute to spare before the show starts, she just slowly backs away <laughs> and goes away. And then all chaos ensues, and she never shows up a single time. She's nowhere to be found. It's She's almost busy, like, Brendan. Yeah, it's almost if it's like really accurate to her character that she's never there when you need her. Until the very last second. Yeah. Remember one time when we all thought she was just going to save the day and be the like the Hail Mary for Endgame? I mean, yeah, we thought that Endgame was going to be like all about her. Yeah. Good times. Good times. So let's talk about the stunt show. So in this stunt show in particular... It was mostly Black Widow and Black Panther comes in at the end, and they are fighting Taskmaster. Womp, womp, womp. I was waiting to hear what you had to say about this. Wait a minute. I have sound effects now. (laughs) We were in a really (laughs) high-tech program over here. So I take it you didn't enjoy that? No. I didn't either, actually. Uh, I really I really was expecting a lot. When you name the show Avengers Assemble, you got to have more than two. You had two Avengers. You had Black Widow, Black Panther. Now, how many times in the movies was there actually dialogue between Nat and T'Challa? I would say almost none. Like, they don't have much crossover. Maybe in Civil War, but, like, as it goes on. But were they even on the same side? Weren't they on opposite sides? Um, no. Well, now I can't remember. I don't remember either. No, they were on the same side, but then Nat let them go. Yes. So then he got mad at her. But anyway, yeah, I thought using Taskmaster was a little weak just because we had already had this discussion earlier when we kind of talked about our thoughts on Black Widow. But it's almost like retro fitting, kind of the same thing that we've talked about before with Galaxy's Edge is like, well, that villain is kind of already done. Like we know that that's not a true villain, you know, so It's a little weird. The other thing that I found weird about it is that Taskmaster had two sidekicks or like henchmen. 
that we've <laughs> we never saw in the movies. Taskmaster worked alone, and if Taskmaster would have been with somebody, it would have been Widows, which would have been much cooler. Instead, honestly. they were like just Taskmaster wannabes, like minions almost. Yeah, like they had some of the same colors, whatnot. I don't know that show. I'm hoping it's something that continues to evolve and maybe just because Black Widow is the most recent movie that came out, that's why they wanted to incorporate it and it will change going forward. This is, we did mention this in our Avengers Campus preview episode, but I think it's important to note is that Avengers Campus is not set in any timeline or time frame like Galaxy's Edge which now they're going away from in Galaxy's Edge because I think they realized they made a mistake because then you can't have a Grogu existing in the same place as Rey, which who really cares? But I, they're not going to be restricted by anything. They're basically viewing this as that is it inspired by the MCU, but it is not a direct representation of it. So for example, this gets into a little bit of what we're talking about. We had Time Variant Loki standing right across from Iron Man. In the MCU, they cannot exist in the same timeline. But I can tell you, not a single person standing in Avengers Campus cared. (laughs) No, because it's just cool to see them. And on that same wavelength, I do think, even though the stunt show didn't necessarily incorporate all of the heroes that we had maybe hoped that it would, I do think that it was pretty cool to see some of the stunts that they did, like the fighting scenes I thought were really well done. I did like that they were like hanging upside down and climbing up walls. And, you know, as a kid, if you imagine seeing that, you know, if Black Panther or Black Widow is your hero of choice, you know, the person that you really look up to, like that is really cool to get to see that. I mean, T'Challa was the coolest part of it by far. I mean, yeah, he's pretty cool. We won't spoil it on what he does, but that's the coolest part. So that was the first show. Well, sorry. You're not done yet? I'm not ready to go. (laughs) Someone might ask, well, who would you rather have had be the villain? It's like, you don't need a Thanos. You don't need a Kang the Conqueror. Like, it almost just, it could just be a generic bad guy, you know? Like, it doesn't have to be a huge villain. Well, and I think that would have worked for the plot of what was happening. They just plugged Taskmaster in there for no reason. Just to sell tickets to Black Widow, probably. Probably. That's okay. Other show? You ready to talk about the other show? Spider-Man. So that was the other show that we got to see while we were there. There are others that we'll mention briefly, but we didn't get to experience them. So the Spider-Man stunt show again we watched this one twice and the first time i would say like one and a half well yes the first time something that happened to us that we never anticipated happening was that the cool spider-man the one that flies through the air did not fly and it was kind of awkward and everyone just kind of stood there and looked at each other like are we going to get a redo? And then of course they didn't because it's already too far gone. But that was a little weird. There was like a collective, oh, <laughs> yes, when it happened. You stand there and wait. And again, something that we liked about Disneyland is it's not like you have to stand around and wait for a long time. 
you know, like people kind of pick up on what's going on because you can see the cast members setting things up and you just kind of stop and watch and then it ends pretty quickly and then you just go about your merry way. But, you know, I enjoyed Spider-Man's, I don't know, everything that he did. Like I thought that his script, like what he was saying. and how mannerisms were good. Yeah, and how he was interacting with everyone was very true to what you would want to see from a Spider-Man. Again, it was cool to see him just doing like his own flips and like crawling down the wall and things like that. So, I mean, it was better the second time. Obviously, because what we really wanted to see was the flying Spider-Man. But, you know, the rest of it is pretty cool, too. The only thing that, like, the only negative thing that I have to say about it is that it is leading into Spider-Man coming out to meet with the guest. Mm-hmm. And because it draws such a crowd, there is a swarm that happens upon him as soon as he gets into his meet-and-greet position so it's it's kind of a hectic time period because you have half the group are trying to get to the other part of Avengers Campus. The other half of the group is trying to get right next to Spider-Man. So it was kind of crazy. It's kind of a tight area. Well, and that's a good point because it does automatically draw a crowd. So it's not necessarily a situation where you just stumble across Spider-Man. Um, you know, there is a swarm of people. So... Even in that situation, just trying to get to Spider-Man, like if you did want to talk to him or get a picture with him, it is, it's a lot. Yeah. But I would see that show again. I, I think it has a lot of potential and it's, it's fun. It's quick. It's not, it's not like a huge production. It's pretty quick. It is. And I like that it happens on the Web Slingers building. It makes sense. Yeah. We didn't know where it was. At the very beginning when we first walked in, we didn't understand that it wasn't going to be on the same place as the Avengers HQ. Yeah. So that was cool that they did try to spread, spread the love a little bit across the campus. But there were two other shows that we didn't get to see. We never did get to see the Doctor Strange show. And we never did get to see the Guardians of the Galaxy like dance. But there is one show that we did see that you're forgetting. Oh, what am I forgetting? The Dora Milaje. <gasps> How could I forget them? They were awesome. They are incredible. We saw them twice I think, also. I think of the shows that we saw, Doctor Strange may be better. I think that was the best one, was the Dora Milaje. Oh, absolutely. How could you not think that they're the coolest? This is a family show, but they are BA. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I mean, my gosh. I don't even know how to do it. It's indescribable. It's really cool. The music that they play with it, but then the actual performers are like yelling and chanting and like they are so into it all the way through Avengers Campus. And then they when they finally set up shop, there's a lot of interaction that goes along with the guests. And then they make their way back with the, you know, doing their warrior poses and swinging their... They have their vibranium... Uh, what what do you call those things? Stick? Jab, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Javelin. <laughs> Vitus is really cool. It's a it's a really good show. I would say that one happens a lot. It seems like pretty frequently, and it's also a little heartwarming. I felt like. Why do you say that? So they do 
This is a spoiler, so if you don't want it, skip ahead 30 seconds. They do hold a moment of silence, and you, of course, everybody's thinking about Chadwick Boseman mm-hmm. in that moment. And I got a little, a little tingly whenever they <laughs> did that. And then they also talk about what it takes to be part of the Dora Milaje. So it's like compassion. I forgot what else. I was going to say, you'd think we'd remember because we watched it twice, but I think we were just so enamored with everything that they were doing. Like compassion, strength. I don't know what else. There was a third one, yeah. Heart, something. something like that. But anyway, it's it's a really, really good show. But yeah, we let's talk about Dr. Strange show. We had full intentions of seeing it. We actually planned out our day perfectly to see it, and we checked early on the app to see what times it would be showing. And we decided because the sanctum, the ancient sanctum where it takes place is so much cooler at night with the lights that they're able to do, we decided that we wanted to see the show at night. So we skipped a lot of them and we knew we were going back to Avengers Campus for dinner. And for some reason, they canceled the rest of their shows that day. So I don't know if Doctor Strange got sick or I don't think they did any of them that day because I remember looking at the app and they didn't start until two o'clock and we were in Avengers campus well before two o'clock and that whole area was blocked off. It was roped off. You couldn't go in that little sanctum area later. They put a character in there and we'll talk about characters here in a second. But I think they knew that day that they weren't going to do the show. But when we looked back later, they had wiped all of the times away from the app. They took mm-hmm. them off. So we just had some bad luck and didn't get to see Doctor Strange. I've still not had it spoiled for myself. I haven't watched it online or anything. I know. So I guess we have to start planning our next trip. Oh, Hannah. And then we caught the very, very, very end of the mission breakout, or sorry, the Guardians of the Galaxy dance-off. If only I weren't buying... My backpack. We would have gotten to see it. Yep. So Catherine bought her very first lounge fly after we rode Mission Breakout. You were so inspired by those characters. It was so cool. And so we heard it right when we were coming out of the gift shop. We saw them walk away. So we got to see Gamora and Star-Lord. Yep. That was a show that was even there before Avengers Campus. So Mm -hmm. we've had bad luck on that one. And sometimes Groot is out there. Groot was not there. That would have, we would have been real upset if we missed seeing Groot. Okay, let's talk about the characters that we saw in Avengers Campus, because I think this might be the best part of the land. And when I say that, it's because one of our biggest takeaways from our last trip to Disneyland, and probably a lot of other people make the same comment, is that just the organic and the authentic character interactions that you can have in Disneyland. It's such a different experience than what you get in Walt Disney World. Walt Disney World, it is, we line up at this time from this time, and you can have a fast pass to meet the character. And we cut off the line, and, you know, it's it's very structured, which works for a lot of families. And if you are trying to plan out your day, I definitely understand why that would be a good thing. But here in Avengers Campus, it was like every time we walked through, we saw someone different where we got to meet someone new. And of course, there were some overlapping characters that were just out pretty regularly. But we spent a lot of time doing character 
like meet and greets and interactions. And that is not something that we typically get super hyped for. And I will just mention, just because if somebody's really done their research or if you've been to Avengers Campus, the times are actually listed for when the characters are going to come out. But it happens so frequently that you almost don't even need to look when it when it's going to be. Like, for example, I know that Loki goes up on the steps at 7 p.m. And that's just because we hadn't seen him that day. And our friend Karina said, yes, he goes up there at 7 and so, so we, we quickly checked our phones. So we knew when together. So if you are a structure person, that is available. But it is like coming and going. They're they're just walking through, kind of perusing through when they're trying to get to where they want to go. So you want to start with Loki? Yeah. Okay. Let's just talk about Loki. So it was TVA Loki, which... I mean, it was pretty cool. I would have really liked to see him in his horns, though. Oh, I'm I not thought gonna you were going to say President Loki. I mean, I guess that would be okay, too. But I want to see Loki in all of his Asgard glory. I I think that would have been really cool. But he was one, I think, probably out of all the characters that we saw that day. He had the biggest crowd, the most fans... The most people with, you know, ears, shirts, backpacks, full cosplay. He has a lot of fans for good reason. He's a cool guy. But it was really interesting. He was kind of taking that, you know, just kind of random Disneyland spirit of he didn't want like a line to form. So he would randomly just point to people in the crowd to come up and talk to him or to take the picture um, you know, whatever you kind of wanted from your interaction. And that made it, A, a little nerve-wracking for us because we are like, oh, my God, when's he going to call us? But it's also pretty cool that he's able to do that. And, of course, only Loki is able to get away with that. Like, there was even one time where two kids tried to go up and talk to him. And he was like, yeah, no, it's not your turn. And, and it's mom, like, for anyone else... Did you hear the mom got a little offended by that? Well, I'm sure she did because... That's not typically what you get at a Disneyland. She's like, oh, I thought this was a line. And that's when he was like, no, I don't do lines. And of course, he called the kids up next because he had already called another girl up. So he was talking to someone, but he did then call the kids up and he had like a very lengthy discussion and pictures and interaction with them. So it's not like he's cold hearted. But you did kind of see that Loki personality. And he's very sarcastic. He's very full of himself. And it, But he also showed the little glimpses of the Loki that you see from the TV series where he was, you know, a little heartfelt mm-hmm. in some areas. I mean, not to spoil the magic, but that friend of Loki is 100. A plus, excellent, nails the character. I mean, you have to. I like out of all the characters that we saw, like that's one that you you have to get that right. Yeah. So I wish we could have met him multiple times. Um, we only met him once. We asked him about our dog named Loki. We said, you know, we have this corgi variant at home named Loki. She's pretty lazy. Like with, since you know Loki so well, do you think she's plotting something against us? Is there something we should look out for? 
And he said, well, if she sounds that lazy, then you should probably name her Thor, Thor instead of Loki, <laughs> which was hilarious. And then it was Becca, our sister-in-law's birthday. So he asked him, what's the best way to celebrate a birthday? He basically just said to like make it all about yourself. Yeah, which is very fitting. So Loki was probably one of the highlights. I'll say another highlight for me is that we got to meet Tony Stark um, as Iron Man. And I thought that was super cool because he does talk to you too. We're not sure how much uh, varies, but it was really cool. Like we had a full on conversation. He was posing. He was taking the pictures. I mean, I loved that. It was that one was a lot of fun. That one was a lot of fun. And that one was pretty lengthy. I feel like all of the heroes that we met really took their time. Like, I think they really knew that people were excited to be there and to see them because, you know, with so many people there, I feel like it would be really easy to just like brush people off and be like, okay, picture done. But I don't think we ever saw that or experienced that. Yeah. So we only met one other character face to face. And then I'm going to just talk through the other few that we saw and there. Thor was the only other one that we met face to face. And that's the one that Catherine alluded to where they put him in the ancient sanctum late at night, I think in the place of the Dr. Strange show. I think it was around the same time that that the show should have started. So we, just noticed that there was a line forming around there, you know. And we noticed the cast member inside and people were like questioning her, like, what's going on? And she said something super vague, like, there's been a weird, like, energy in here. So we have it blocked off for someone. So in that moment, we kind of got our hopes up and thought that maybe it was Doctor Strange who was going to come out. And it was not. But Thor came out and that was really cool. I mean, he was fun. He was maybe the least talkative of all the heroes that we met face to face. But I also wonder if that was our own fault. Well, possibly, but we saw other people's interactions with them and they're okay. I like, he nailed the accent. Obviously he's a good Chris Hemsworth. I thought so. Other characters that we saw in the land were, Steve Rogers as Captain America, Sam Wilson as Captain America, Captain Marvel, like we mentioned, Black Widow, like we mentioned, Spider-Man, Black Panther, Wasp, Peter Quill, and Gamora. I think that's all of them. Yeah, I honestly can't think of anyone that we didn't see. I think between, you know, all the time that we spent in Avengers Campus, we got to see everybody. Ant-Man is sometimes out there, but I don't think he was appearing at all when we were there. Yeah, that would be the only one that we didn't see. And I'm not too upset about that. Oh, come on. Scott Lang is awesome. I'm just saying. All right. Food and Avengers Campus. We are officially like almost 45 minutes in and we're still on Avengers Campus. Oh, goodness. We ate a lot of food. So the first thing we actually tried were the Terran treats. So we did the sweet spiral ration and the cosmic cream orb. Get the orb. It was very good. I thought that I wasn't going to like it because it's like a raspberry cream cheese filling on the inside. Like a mousse. And it is kind of a lot, but it was very good. Like I thought it was going to be overwhelmingly like filled. Well, and the pastry on the outside 
like it did break apart very easily where the mousse kind of oozed everywhere, mm-hmm. but it still had enough texture where it gave like a little bit of chewiness to it. So it wasn't like you were just eating pudding, <laughs> you know? Yes, that's a good, that's actually a really good way to describe it. The spiral ration was probably our biggest letdown of well, anything. It's a churro that they've spun into a circle and they just coated with uh, the one that I have right now is a lime flavored sugar. I think the actual churro was lime though. Well, yeah, that's probably true. So you think you just think it was sugar on top, not lime flavored sugar? That's what I think. Okay. But it was very messy and we just aren't big lime people. We do like key lime, but this was not key lime. Like this was Speak like artificial yourself, I love lime. lime. Okay. Well, you didn't like this. I know. So this was not our favorite. We do think or it has been predicted that they're going to do other flavors. So I would try another flavor just to give it another shot. Yeah, it was all right. Let's talk about the other outside booths, and then we'll talk about the actual restaurant. Okay. Shawarma. So we tried breakfast shawarma, and that was a show warm up. Which, hello, how can you not get that just that one, from the name? And that one was the impossible one. So it came with impossible sausage, eggs. Cheese. Cheese. Hash then, browns. Yeah, the hash browns were key. And then you dipped it into a sriracha honey. Now, it was bomb.com. It was my favorite thing that I ate in Avengers Campus. And we had some other really good food, but... I'm a sucker for breakfast. The sauce, like Brendan said, I think did it for me. But, you know, it was soft on the outside. It had the nice crunch from the hash hash browns. browns. I mean, I just, I thought it was just very well done. And it wasn't cold, which I feel like if you're just getting something from a little cart like that, you run the risk. It was still nice and warm. It didn't completely fall apart on you when you tried to eat it. So I thought it was a home run. The spicy, was it honey or syrup? What did I say? Now I can't remember. You said honey. Is it not like a honey, like a sriracha honey syrup something? It is like the texture or like the consistency of like a syrup. I'm going to look it up if you want to talk about um, the actual shawarma palaces themselves had some really cool Easter eggs and nods that you can look for as well. Yeah, we enjoyed kind of just being in line and being able to look at them. Not a honey, just a spiced maple syrup. Oh, okay. It, whatever it is, it was great. I so think I would said definitely honey like 50 times, so we've got it wrong 50 times in a row. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We've called it honey this whole time until now. It was a liquid form of sugar. I mean, how far off is syrup? Spice, a spicy sugar. But it it did have like a nice heat that kind of hit the back of your throat that I think was, it was nice. I mean, I, it was an excellent thing. And we do like a lot of impossible meat, but this one, you really could have convinced me it was sausage. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know if I'd like. I don't know if I'd say that, but it was good. Like, I wasn't like, man, this would be better with sausage. I just thought this is awesome. You want to talk about your favorite thing? The New York's tastiest. 
which was the chicken shawarma. Chicken shawarma wrap with coconut yogurt tahini sauce. Ooh, 10 out of 10. Get every time. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Well, they don't serve it for breakfast. I was going to say not breakfast. Lunch and dinner. So we actually ate this as like an appetizer to our lamplight brunch (laughs) because we absolutely knew that we had to try it before leaving and it was kind of like our last opportunity to try it. So we went ahead and went for it. So we split it and I think we both agreed that the chicken was great. You know, it had a nice flavor to it, you know, just on itself. It was cooked well. It was juicy. All of the things that you would want from the actual meat part of your shawarma. And then I'm going to let you talk about the sauce because if we're being honest, I probably shouldn't talk about it just because I don't like like a yogurt kind of sauce. I don't like tzatziki sauce. I didn't like the tahini sauce, but you absolutely loved it. I would have drank the sauce. So so it's not that the sauce was bad. I just preferred it without it. Well, and it had – so when you read it, it doesn't actually say this on the app, but when you're there in person, it says that it has – pickled vegetables in it. And so I expected there to be some sort of like coleslaw or something on the shawarma. And there might have been one or two little things mixed in, maybe chopped up. Not enough to notice. But there was actually vegetables in the tahini sauce. And I think that made it, it gave it like a little tang to it as well because they're pickled vegetables. I mean, honestly, I think this is like where Disney park food excels so much. It's like a street food style, but it's very high quality ingredients. You can tell it, like like you said, it was good chicken. They cooked it well. It was a nice, is that pita bread? It, Yeah, I would say so. Pita bread, gyro bread, whatever kind of bread that they, it has nice and soft. And I, I can't say enough good things about the shawarma. I even bought a t-shirt for it. Yeah, he did actually. He bought the t-shirt at the cart next door. But I think, you know, it kind of enhances the story too. Like, yeah, this is New York's tastiest. They would go here after a big fight because it was freaking good. And I'm so glad that they are sharing it with us. Yeah, and it makes sense why if it's that good, that's why the Avengers invited them to set up shop at their campus. Like, Mm -hmm. They had to hit it as a home run, and they absolutely did. So let's talk about the PIM Test Kitchen and the Tasting Lab, because we did do both. We'll talk about Test Kitchen first. So we came here for dinner. We went ahead and placed our mobile order early just because we knew without a doubt in our mind this is what we wanted to eat. So we both picked out an entree. Brendan went with the not-so-little chicken sandwich, and then I went with the pimini sandwich. One quick note before we move on. They do actually have a walk-up line now. But for, it was very long. It was. But I'm just saying, if all else fails and you have to have something from there, they do have a walk-up line. But mobile order is the way to go. Um, so we both got those entrees, and we did share them between the two of us. And then we got the Choco Smash. So for the entrees, I think you actually liked mine more than yours. Uh, it was hard to say. I really did enjoy my sandwich. I think it was better. It came with like a marinara sauce. I think it was best when it was dipped in the sauce. But I really did enjoy your chicken. It kind of had like a, 
like a panko kind of breading. It was like a it was like a giant chicken cutlet almost. It was, but it was very crunchy and it was a little spicy. And I obviously like spicy food. So I liked the sauce that they put on it. I think you had a few bites and then I ended up finishing it. So what I would say is I almost kind of viewed it as a sandwich and I think that's the wrong way to view it. You should you just can't eat it as a sandwich. You can't eat it as a sandwich. You're going to use a fork and knife. So it, I think that just kind of threw me for a loop. I knew like what I was getting. I had seen pictures of it before, but I still thought there was a way that I could manhandle it to like eat it as a sandwich. But no, it's. We didn't eat the bread at all. The tater tots were excellent though. I actually didn't try any. But the real winner. Choco smash. It was the giant candy bar of your dreams. I mean, I don't know how they do it and how they make it so soft and gooey and just perfect, but they really nailed that one because I feel like that's another one where it could have just gone very wrong, but you could tell like there is someone back in that kitchen just making those nonstop because that's another one where I think everywhere we looked, everyone had one. Like everyone got this. And my fear was that it was going to be like a froze, like maybe they froze it to keep it from melting. And Mm -hmm. I don't know how they're able to keep it in that consistency, but it's pretty remarkable that it's so soft. It just cuts with your fork. You don't even need a knife or you can just pick it up and And bite it. Eat it. Like (laughs) that's one of my biggest pet peeves. Like I'm not the person who likes like frozen Reese's or frozen Snickers. Like I like it to be soft and it was so good. I think it would have taken away from like the candy bar experience if it was frozen because you had the caramel, you had the peanut butter, you had the brownie. Like there was so much going on in this candy bar, but you know, it did what you would want a candy bar to do. You know, the caramel was stringy and you know, it fell apart easily and not, not easily as in like it was super, all over the place, but it broke off easily. It's basically like the best of everything from like a Snickers bar, a Three Musketeers, and a brownie. But it had peanut butter and peanuts. So like a peanut butter Snickers bar. <laughs> uh, yeah. I only I say Three Musketeers that. for like the nougat, but it wasn't enough to be annoying. No. No, absolutely not. I, I don't know if anybody else knew that nougat was annoying, <laughs> but it, it can be. It's a well-known quality of nougat. Absolutely. So that was that was another home run. Drinks from Pim Taste Kitchen. So right? we tasting we, lab. Taste, yeah, tasting lab. So we knew that these drinks were going to be a little weird, even in just reading the descriptions. You know, they're a little weird. But we got them anyway. We got the experiment, which was like a mango, and then it even had a little bit of spice to it. Habanero. Habanero, to be specific. And then we got the honey buzz. So the experiment had what kind of alcohol? Vodka, maybe? We didn't write this down. Brandon's going to look it up. That one was my favorite. It came with like the popping... Boba Pearls, balls. boba balls that tequila. were also, oh. Patron Silver Tequila. Okay. And the Honey Buzz had gin. Plymouth gin with lemon juice and honey syrup and a honey straw. It was very honey. 
It was one of those that when I first started drinking it, I was super into it. And then about halfway through, I was like, this is not good anymore. I We kind of felt the same way about both of those drinks. They were pretty big. I mean, and they were pretty expensive, obviously. But I do think you got a pretty good sized drink. And unless you're just in love with the flavor, I feel like the flavor almost got more intense as you went on. Like whatever they put into it kind of sunk to the bottom because at first with the experiment, it wasn't like an overwhelmingly spicy flavor. And then, you know, we took our drinks and you can walk around with them. And I think we were walking through Cars Land and I took a big sip and it was very spicy. And I think in that moment, I was like, I'm done. Yeah, I don't think either of us finished our drinks. And it's almost like they planned for it because this is the only trash can like this I saw in the entire park. Mm, no, that's not true. I saw others. But... Okay. Well, it is a nice thing. They're trash cans now, and they have little places where you can pour out your liquid before you recycle your plastic, which is so nice. Very well thought out. Yeah. The other thing that we got from the tasting lab is we got the snack molecules. And... You know, we talked about the biggest like letdown being the sweet spiral ration. This might have been the biggest letdown it just because didn't. of the price. So it was $7. It comes with mini pretzels, honey roasted peanuts, and sweet and spicy popped sorghum. Almost nothing in there had any flavor. And it was a very small bag. We thought like, oh, this is nice that we can reseal it. We'll just carry it around with us throughout the day. Because, again, we knew that we were about to go to Lamplight for brunch. Like, we don't have to finish this, but at least we'll have it and we're going to try it. Yeah, I agree. A lot of it was filler. Like, of course, they made it look like it came from the PIM test kitchen because some of the popcorn was small and some of it was big. And then you had the pretzels. It's interesting that popcorn is not even listed as an ingredient and it was the main thing in there. It was. Just normal basic popcorn. Yeah, it didn't even have like a butter flavor. No, it was just bland popcorn. (laughs) So people who watch the vlog are going to be like, these people are hypocrites because we did kind of talk highly about it, but it was another one of those things that the more we ate it, the more we're like, this is not very good. Well, and the more we thought about it, because if you think about the other snacks or the other things that we bought from the land, you know, obviously everything's expensive. It's Disneyland, it's Avengers Campus, but at least you could justify it in your vacation brain. We spent $7 on this teeny tiny snack mix that was subpar. So to wrap up the food. Yes. The must-have things. Shawarma. Shawarma. I'd say breakfast and lunch. I think you need to try both of them, honestly. And then I think you need to get the purple orb. Absolutely. Drinks. And if you're interested in both, go ahead and do both. Especially if you like lime, you'll probably enjoy it. Drinks, nothing like blew us away. I I would almost say go to Lamplight for drinks instead or go to like the beer cart in Pacific Wharf. And, you know, something that we were kind of bummed about is that they didn't have the cool, the well-themed cups anymore. I guess they ran out. Or maybe it was just like a short time thing, but we didn't get the cool beaker looking cups. So I feel like that kind of took away from the experience a little. Just some plastic cups. 
kind of lame, but we recycled. So, we ready to talk about Lamplight? Lamplight Lounge. We went twice, and I do not regret it at all. We absolutely stuffed our faces both times. So, the first time we went, we did lunch, and then the second time, we did brunch, because they are two separate menus. We knew that we were going to like both of them, just from looking at the menus, was there one over the other that you preferred? Probably lunch. I might agree. Which is surprising from you. It is. And so let's talk about what we ate. So at lunch, we got the lobster nachos. Just so you know, we've eclipsed one hour. Great. <laughs> if you're still- <laughs> So if you need to pause, now might be a good time. Then you can come back and listen to the rest later if you need to. Yeah, if you're still here, thank you. So- we did the lobster nachos, the potato skins, which is not really a potato skin, but they were excellent. Like a potato cake more. Yeah. And then the sushi, which was crab and tuna and like a spicy sauce. All of them were home runs. We could not stop eating. I mean, if we would have sat there long enough, we probably would have had clean plates all around and... We were so full, we could not walk. The one thing that I'll say is that we did try it last time, so I, my mind was at ease. But typically, I'm honestly not a big lobster fan. But the lobster nachos, they like shred it so finely, and it mixes so well with the cheese and the other things. It's so good. Well, and the chips are like the homemade. They're kind of thick, but they're also small enough to, the, to where you can fit the whole thing in your mouth. <laughs> I mean, it's outstanding. And that's another one. Almost everyone around us had at least one order of lobster nachos. Or chicken. You can get chicken instead. You could get chicken. I think. I think, I thought you said you could get beef too. I was about to say that. I think you can actually also get carne asada. Which, oh my goodness. That would be crazy. That would be very good. We would enjoy that. Next time we should ask for all three. Oh my gosh. I don't care what price it is. Bring them. Well, it would be hefty. Um, and then, of course, you talked about the drinks. You can't say hefty without doing the... Uh... Hefty, hefty, <laughs> hefty. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> the drinks are also very good. Um, we got things from the normal menu, but also the secret menu. Which is not a secret. It's everywhere no, online. because you just look it up online. But it's still kind of fun to order something that's not on the menu. So I got the Mickey's Fun Wheel which was basically like an LIT with blue curacao in it. And then I got the sunset something. It was the whiskey drink. Mm -hmm. It was, if you're familiar with Walt Disney World drinks, a bourbon breeze or a whiskey breeze is a very popular drink that they have here. It's basically the same thing out there. And then I got the screen canister because it was recommended by our waitress. And, and you it love was Monsters, Inc. Oh, yeah, and it was just a cool name. I don't know. I mean, I guess it was kind of yellow-y, but it was like pineapple, orange, tropical, kind of like a, a Bahama Mama or something like that. <laughs> what? That's we were comparing <laughs> drinks. I know. I like it. It was very good. And then for brunch, we tamed ourselves down a little bit. Again, we also just ate shawarma. You forgot your second drink. A sea witch. Oh, how can I forget my second drink? Yeah, I also got the sea witch, which... 
Witch Witch. Witch Witch. I do love Witch Witch. But <laughs> <laughs> it was very good. The flavor was unlike, I think, any other drink that I had ever had because it was like a raspberry. It was kind of tart and a little bit sour. But it was fun. It was purple and blue. So normally it's served in like a chalice that's kind of shaped like Ursula. Mm -hmm. Yours was served in a... In like a normal cup. Yeah. So they must have been out. But we saw other people getting it and it had the like the big bottom one. Mm -hmm. So that was good. I would get that again, actually. It was pretty good. For brunch, I got the Lamplight Chilaquiles, which were... Good, very, very good. Kind of like the breakfast version of nachos. Yeah, so chilaquiles, if you're not familiar, it's like they soak. I would assume soak is maybe the right word. Mm -hmm. Or dip all of the tortilla chips in like a salsa or like a red sauce. And then they topped it with some more salsa, some eggs, and some avocado. And it was very good. My only problem with it was I got... I, I guess I just have a problem because I'm saying this now for like the fourth time. I got tired of it. Like it was the same flavor over and over and over again. There wasn't enough variety to keep me interested through the whole meal. But it was very good. I had some and it's a good thing to share, which was kind of our motto going into these different meals is that we wanted to try each other's entrees and we wanted to share what we were getting so that we could experience more. So it is a very shareable thing. But keep in mind, this also followed up right behind the shawarma. So literally nothing I put in my mouth could have been even close to compare. That's true. You were ruined for the rest of the day. But I went with the vegetarian option. So I actually got the potato flautas. And then it had like a impossible chorizo that came on top of it. They were excellent. It was interesting because the way that they were assembled, you would think that the chorizo would be inside the flauta, but instead it was just potato inside the flauta, and then the chorizo, the fake chorizo, was on top, and then there was like a sauce that went with it. I tried some. It was good. It was. I really liked it. I still think lunch was better. I do agree. I think lunch was better. There were a ton of other things from the breakfast, or I guess I should say the brunch menu that we did not try. They had like a brunch burger that you were interested in. Initially, they had a crab and potato eggs benedict or something to that extent. Ben got that. And it looked amazing. And then there was also like a like a cinnamon bread French toast kind of thing that we didn't get. Drinks, I don't. Oh, I got the over budget, which was basically just a Moscow mule, but it had passion fruit in it as well. I didn't taste any passion fruit, but it was good. I I mean, you can't mess up a mule. And then I got something from the secret menu again, and it was the Neverland tea. It was like a bright lime green, which was fun. It was very strong. Yeah, I noticed you didn't finish it. No, I did finish it. It just took me like the whole meal. Oh, I see. Because it was a lot. But we did get to sit outside for the second time for our brunch. And it was actually one of those couches. So behind me, Catherine got the beautiful view of my face, but also a coaster. (laughs) 
and credit coaster, the fun wheel, or uh, the pal around. Yeah, I was about to say. You got the drink called the fun wheel. You got a good like panoramic view of Pixar Pier, which we really enjoyed. It was a beautiful, beautiful view of and a beautiful day. Okay, so we're going to try to wrap this up. Just other food things that we got in DCA. We had to get the Jack Jack Cookie Num Num right after we rode in Credit Coaster. It would probably followed up around 30 minutes after our Lamplight Brunch, but somehow we powered through. We ate the whole thing. We ate the whole thing. I'm sorry for those of you who have had it in Hollywood Studios. You have to go out there and get the one on Pixar Pier. It is much better. It's 100 times better better everything about it it's not even just an ambiance thing like it's actually a better cookie yes and then we also went to the cappuccino cart because this is where we could find our joffrey's so if you listen to the disneyland episode that we dropped on monday we talked a lot about coffee and we still don't know why they don't have a joffrey's in disneyland but they do have one in dca it was the exact same thing that we always get though it was excellent and it was actually cheaper I noticed. Um, mocha, iced mocha latte with almond milk. Yes. Very good. And they did have mobile order there, which was and interesting. They had plastic straws. They did have plastic straws. I mean, wow. Rides that stood out to us in Credit Coaster is just, it's incredible, pun intended. <laughs> we did that twice. We just think it's so much fun. And I like the incorporation of the story, I think it fits. And the smell o vision. And the smell, yeah. Who would think that you would smell cookies on a roller coaster? Only in Disney World. Our first day in DCA, we rope dropped Radiator Springs Racers. We ended up waiting close to an hour for it. And our second day in DCA, it was actually down for the majority of the day. So I'm glad we did it when we did. It was just one of those things where even though we rope dropped... You had people coming from two different directions and we were looking around because we were excited to be there and we just aren't really the type to like elbow our way up to the front. So we ended up waiting a little longer, but honestly, compared to the first time that we wrote it, I still think we ended up waiting less time because, you know, there are no fast passes. So everyone was just in line together and the line did move pretty quickly. Most of it was in the shade, so no complaints. It's a great ride. It's a must-do. We did get to ride Emotional Whirlwind for the first time ever. We actually rode all of the little spinny rides because it was super hot in the middle of the day, and they were super long lines. So we just went around that side of Pixar Pier and did all the little ones. It's fun. I mean, it's a cute little ride. We mostly liked the commentary, so it was funny to hear all of the different emotions like talk throughout it and kind of narrate what was going on and hear those different personalities. You know, it's what you would hope for from a little spinny ride. Like, it kind of elevates it. And then lastly, Philhar Magic. We did get to see it with the new Coco scene. All I can say is it's awesome. It was really well embedded. I was kind of nervous that because they were adding in this new scene that it was going to feel out of place. And didn't they put it in after the Lion King scene? So, I mean, I just thought it fit in very well. It seemed like it was meant to be there. And I feel like the amount of variety that they gave you 
was really cool. Like it wasn't like in the little mermaid scene where she's just in her little cavern the whole time. Like they took you around, you saw all the characters that you love and you know, all the different scenes. And of course they're singing and you get to follow Donald around as he's looking for his hat. Do you want to spoil which song it is or do you want to allow people to figure it out for themselves? Oh, I thought it was obvious. I thought it Okay, skip ahead 15 seconds if you don't want to know. It's Un Poco Loco. What song did you think it would be? I thought it was going to be Remember Me. Oh. No, I guess I always expected Un Poco Loco. It's so good. It was so good. So all in all, it'll be very exciting when it comes to Disney World. Something that I didn't realize is that they don't have the same kind of screen that we have in Disney World because it used to be the Muppets Theater. So they just have the one in the front, and then they have a few on the side, but they don't really, you know, it's not like the full, like, half circle kind of theater. The only thing that was interesting was the second time that we watched it, Donald did not show up in the back. Yeah, it was almost like our whole Spider-Man thing, where it just didn't You could hear him struggling, but he was not back there. No, he went straight through the wall, I guess. Instead of getting stuck. So I think maybe the last thing we have to talk about is characters in DCA. Characters. So this was one where we had hoped to see really a lot more characters than we did see. But now that I actually looked at all of them, I think we did see more than maybe we realize. Yeah. I mean, maybe you're right. So, okay, let's just go through them. So we were able to see... Minnie, Mickey, and then Chip and Dale all back in um, kind of like the Avengers spillover area. Land, right across from Monsters, Inc. But it's still very much like Avengers. That's where like the big gift store is. They have all the props to take pictures. It's across from Monsters, Inc. But we got to see them all in their Avengers outfits. So Mickey's dressed up as Captain America. Minnie is Black Widow. And Chippendale are Thor and Loki. And it was awesome. Those were some of the best, like, I know they're not all Fab Five, but some of the best Fab Five type character interactions ever. We were debating. I think you asked me this. Do you prefer Chippendale as Thor and Loki or as Chipmunkasauruses? Which is the better meet and greet? I mean, Chipmunkasauruses are really fun. They're very playful but i think because we were in like the marvel spirit it was fun to have those conversations with them centered around marvel like oh like i didn't think you were so mischievous and of course like we had our shirts on so they liked your loki charms shirt they liked my wanda shirt and mickey in particular he did the wanda hand thing he pretended to be wanda so if nothing else this is a shameless plug to go watch our YouTube video that's going to drop because you can see Captain America Mickey pretend to be Scarlet Witch for me. What a deal. It was the best day of my life. But even like we asked Chip, oh, are you you know worthy enough to wield Mjolnir? And he like jumped across the stage and was like acting like he was fighting bad guys. It was awesome. Like he was just so into it. It was, yeah, like you said, where else can you have that happen? And then we saw Clarabelle. Mm -hmm. We did see Clarabelle as we were leaving 
Um, on that second day that we were in Disney's California Adventure, uh, we saw Daisy. We saw Donald, my favorite. He was dancing. He was dancing. He was so cute. We saw Goofy, and then we actually saw Dopey as well. So the big one that we wanted to see that we know has been out at DCA was Oswald. And we did not get to see Oswald. And really, this stems back to our trip in 2018. They took Oswald away like two or three days before we arrived. So he used to have like the regular meet and greet in DCA. They took him away and we've never had a chance to meet him. And maybe someday. It's a reason to keep going back, I guess. I think that wraps up most of DCA. Yeah, I mean, it was another one where we really did get to do everything. So even though we'd spent a vast majority of our time in Avengers Campus, we still did the Cars Land stuff. We didn't get to do uh, like the Luigi's. Rollick and Roadsters. That's the one. And we didn't do the Tomator one. What did you say? Tomator. I feel like there's more of a pause there. Junkyard Jamboree. Tomator. Tomator. Eh, whatever. We didn't do either of those because they had surprisingly long lines. And I think, like Brendan mentioned before, it was because the racers went down basically for the entire second day. So we didn't have an opportunity to get to ride that again. But all in all, I'm a big, big fan of DCA. Is it your favorite park in the world that you've been to? <sighs> I'm such a sucker for Animal Kingdom, but it might be. Just the pure amount of rides there is pretty incredible. There's so much to do. The food is amazing. And there were even things, because we really wanted to eat all the Avengers Campus food, there were other foods that we had on our list that we didn't get to try that I know would have been just outstanding. Mainly the Berea quesadillas? Yes, the Berea quesadillas, the um, the adorable snowman. The Pixar parfait. The parfait, because I had that last time and it was very good. So, I mean, I just think the amount of things that there are to do and the immersion level, like in Avengers Campus, in Cars Land, I think it's just out. out. I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's extraordinary. <laughs> Outstanding. It, I can pick between the two. So we do have some listener questions, just a few to get through if you're up for it. Oh, I'm here for it. So Paige asked, are there any characters around besides the Cavalcades? Slash above the train station. So there is a cavalcade going through Disneyland, but we actually never saw it. The frozen one? Yeah. Yeah. So we never it's got it's actually longer. It's more than just frozen. I don't know why you it's more it's more than just frozen. Who else is it? I'm pretty sure like Jeannie is part of it <gasps> and some other people. Oh my gosh. Well now I'm upset that we missed that. But yes, we did see some characters at the train station, but they are spaced out a lot of other places. And now I'm actually remembering a character that we forgot to mention in the last episode was Geppetto. Yeah, we did get to see Geppetto. So they are very much like look for little flower beds or little roped off areas or raised areas. They're putting a lot of characters out there. Like, for example, back in Toontown, they're both Mickey and Minnie were on their front porch of their houses. 
Mm-hmm. And Marie was in the grass for some reason. <laughs> but yeah, there there's definitely more than just the train station and the cavalcades. There, and in DCA, they're yeah, kind we- of featured all right there in that central hub. Well, and something that we didn't mention about DCA is we saw their little cavalcade with the um, the Green Army Man, and then you had Frozone, Mr. and Mrs. Incredible following behind. I didn't think about it at the time, but then when I was watching back on our video, why was the Green Army Man with the, all the Incredibles? He was the announcer. He was hyping everybody up. I know. It was just a weird mashup. It is, but don't don't worry about it. Don't question it. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're they're kind of all over the place. And even yeah, like, like the in, princesses are in that little area. And Pixar Pier at the stage that they have that's next to the carnival games. We saw joy and sadness right there. Yeah, we didn't mention them either. See, it's just going to keep coming to us now. So, yes, lots of characters out. Uh, next question is, how is the food? Excellent. Yeah, if you... Haven't picked up on it by now. We are big fans of Disneyland food. We are very jealous of just the quality I think that they have in their park food. I think it's unmatched. We kind of made the comment that the we have well, I say this saying that we've never actually eaten at a resort restaurant in Disneyland, but that's where Walt Disney World excels, we think. You know, when you throw in the California Grills and the Toledos and the... Ohana. Yeah, and Topolino. Like, that's where Disney World excels, whereas Disneyland has some really, really good food in the parks, like Lamplight Lounge and Cafe Arlene's and Blue Bayou and Carthay Circle. Like, those are all really, really good restaurants. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean asked, did you have a beer from the Pacific Wharf beer truck? We did not. We actually no. only walked through the Pacific Wharf to get to Pixar Pier. That's another area we didn't explore it at all last time. We didn't explore it this time either. Yeah, it's just when you got to make cuts, you got to make cuts. Sarah asked, where did y'all stay? Um, so it's the residence in, I think it's listed as like the Anaheim Resort slash Convention Center one. And I would definitely stay there again. Yeah, I enjoyed the short walk. I think anything longer would have been a little too much, especially for tired feet at the end of the night, but it was like the perfect amount. It was a straight shot. I never felt unsafe. I never felt like I was going to get lost. I liked that there were always a million other people walking with us. So we always knew we were headed in the right direction and it was close to the CVS. A different Sarah asked, how many park days is a good amount for someone going for the first time? I think three. Three or even four. You think? Maybe. I feel, I mean, both times we've gone, have we done three days? Yeah. Or was the first time like three and a half because of the party? No, I think it was, it was three park days with a party. Okay. Yeah, I just, three or four. Brendan says three. I mean, three is a good amount, but I I do truly think with Avengers Campus, depending on how much you want to do at Avengers Campus, there's a lot. Even we didn't get to do everything. And we were pretty dang close. Yeah. I mean, the the other thing that plays into it is stamina, 
Now, third day, truth be told, we slept in a little bit and we took a midday nap because we just completely ran out of gas. We couldn't do it anymore. And so that would maybe be another reason to go not in the summer because when we went last time in October and it was like sunny and 75 the whole time and chilly at night where you needed a jacket, we didn't have that same problem. The sun just beat us up. That's true. So maybe consider the weather. Three days. Fine. Uh, Next question is, is the Splash Mountain there better than the one at Walt Disney World? Unfortunately, we did not ride Splash Mountain on this trip, but only real difference is just the seating and you get more wet in Disneyland. Yes. So I guess. Could be better. I guess that's subjective. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Lucy asked, park hop or one park per day? Do you still need to order ahead for quick service food? Uh, So let's answer that first part. I think if you do a three-day trip, I think you need two normal single-day tickets and you need one park hopper. I think it's just just the best way to do it. Yeah, I mean, but it also depends on maybe where you're trying to eat. Like, that's how we did it. And I truly think that worked out. Like, I would recommend that because I think there is enough in both parks to approach it that way. But our friends that went with us, Colleen and Ben, they park hopped every day. They also only started with two tickets. And, and then, then they added. But So they did end up being there for three park hopping days. So I don't know. I, I feel like it might just depend on like what reservations you can get. You know, if you're trying to do a Disneyland day, but that's the only day you can get lamplight, it's worth park hopping for lamplight. Well, and it's important to note that you don't have to go through security again. Like it's literally just I walk across and scan in. So it's a five-minute ordeal Mm -hmm. to park hop, whereas even though Epcot and Hollywood Studios are so close, like you got to go through security again or you got to walk the 20 minutes. It's a much different- You got to wait in line for the Skyliner. I guess if you can, if budget's not really an option, I would say just get the park hopper just for the heck of it, you know, just so you have the option to do it. But with our setup, we did have three-day park hoppers. We didn't really need that. But we had it anyway. We still got to see the fireworks twice, and we only park hopped once. Yes. So hopefully that answers your question. Uh, it's probably a whole bunch of nothing. <laughs> and then, do you still need to order ahead for quick service food? So most places do have walk up now available, and some places had actually taken away mobile order, like Plaza Inn, no longer mobile order available. It was only walk up. So it does seem like they're scaling that back. A quite a little bit, but we did try to mobile order everywhere that we could just to try to save time from standing in lines. Yeah, I do think it does save you time now. I know that was like a big issue that they had when they had first opened up is people would mobile order and it would still take like an hour. And we never experienced that, luckily. Like we were able to pick the, you know, the exact time that we wanted. We clicked the I'm here button and it was ready. So we had very good luck with that. It was much faster than it has been lately in Walt Disney World. It was like immediate. Yeah. We've, when we went to Magic Kingdom with our friends, the Jones family, you know, they were just trying to get Dole Whip and they had an issue, you know, where like the next available Dole Whip time was for like six o'clock at night or something. And it was like 1 p.m. Yeah. So I think sometimes there is, 
there are like some problems with the timing and with mobile order, but if you check the app and it works, I say do it every time. Yeah, and you know, there was no harm in us going and reserving a slot first thing in the morning for Pim Test Kitchen later that day. If you know when you want to eat and what you want to eat, you might as well go and place it. Yeah, it's kind of just like a reservation. Yep. Next question is, what did you not get to do that you already want to go back for? Doctor Str- Strange. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Doctor Strange shows the biggest one for me. Uh, Riding I, the train all the way around, I'd say would be another one. Only other things we missed were like Goofy Sky School, which I honestly don't care about. I did want to do that. I mean, I'm not like, oh, my trip is ruined, but I enjoy the Crazy Mouse. I think it's fun. And then the other thing that comes to mind for me is Trader Sam's. We just couldn't pull ourselves away from park hours early enough. And by the time we were leaving the parks, it was 10 or 11 because we stayed past closing. And then we would have had to either wait a really long time at Trader Sam's probably. And it would have made our walk like double the amount back to our hotel. Which we, again, the stamina was not there. <laughs> we couldn't the- do it. That's the biggest thing is next time we go, we are we already talked about, we think we might put a non-park day in the middle of our trip just to try to do some of those more non-park things that we've missed in the past. Mm-hmm. That we've just never allowed ourselves the time. And the next question from an anonymous person, who was the best at the carnival games at Pixar Pier? Oh, an anonymous <laughs> person, I'm sure. Oh, there it might be WDW Park Planners. Oh, my goodness. So we said that we went with our friends, Colleen and Ben, and they apparently love doing the carnival games. Like, they've done them at Animal Kingdom. They said they've done them at Pixar Pier in the past. And we also tried the carnival games. We struck out miserably. And then... We spent $35 at the carnival. Yeah. And then we were walking by with them. They're like, oh, let's do it. It'll be fun. So we're like, okay, fine. Uh, We tried it again, struck out miserably. And Colleen was the winner. She got a big, she got a big bullseye. She hustled us is what happened. (laughs) We were hustled. Because because more people joined in the game, she got the grand prize. She she probably knew she was going to win the entire time. Well, at least it went to her since we know her and like her <laughs> yeah, so versus someone that we didn't know. All this is to say, if the, Colleen, if you're listening, if that bullseye sitting right next to you, you're welcome. Because <laughs> we played a part in you winning that. And they were hard games. I mean, we saw a lot of people winning. So again, they're not rigged or anything, but we clearly do not have the skill set for carnival games apparently my baseball days are behind me because i could not throw it in heimlich's mouth no tisk tisk they weren't regulation size baseballs though so but they gave us extra i think they <laughs> felt bad for, for us and we still lost we still lost that's okay no heimlich for us so that was all of our questions any other final thoughts on this disneyland trip i think we're definitely flying sna in and out next time I would stay at the same hotel again. I maybe would try to get a little bit closer, but not a big deal. I mean, again, I do still think the ultimate goal for us would be if we could ever stay at like the Disneyland hotel, I would love to. I would love to stay on property there. You know, I enjoyed staying. But not Paradise Pier. 
I enjoyed staying there the first time that we stayed there. It wasn't like over the top. It wasn't the most amazing hotel we had ever been to. It was still close for our Disney World standards. But sadly, we were closer this time staying off property. So I would definitely stay there again. But I do think I'm always going to have my eyes open if there's some like crazy good deal or if your parents will give us some points, then some DVC points, some DVC points, then maybe someday I would like to stay on property. I mean, I, if we could be spokespeople for Disneyland, we would excel at that job. We are not being paid in any way to say any of this stuff. We just love it a lot. They actually took a lot of our money. They did, <laughs> especially at the carnival games. Um, yeah, I just, I think it's a must-do trip, especially if you're into the history like we are. If you enjoy the storytelling series, I think Disneyland is just like a playground for people like us who we want to see it. You know, we want to experience it. We want to be where Walt was. You know, something... I guess a question would be something that we have always wanted to do and something that we would definitely go back for is one of the tours, like the Waltz Footsteps tour. I would love to do that someday. It just wasn't available right now. Yeah. I, that would definitely be a must-do if we go back. Well, when we go back. When we go back. The other question I think that may be helpful is, would you go this time of year again? Oh, so, I mean, that's a loaded question because unfortunately with my teacher's schedule, I am somewhat bound to summers. And I will say there were times at night where you would yell at me because I, not yell at me, but yeah, <laughs> where, <laughs> where I would say like, oh, I'm like a little cold now. You know, the sun went down and it would get a little breezy and I would get goosebumps. So it's not like it was just miserable or humid like it can be in Florida, but at the same time, there were points in the day where we were absolutely melted, like hot, sweaty, and needed I, to drink lots of water. And I almost think one of the biggest, the, the sun just took so much energy out of us. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily the heat. I mean, it was, but it wasn't, if that makes sense. So I don't think there's anything wrong with going at this time of year. I do still stand by October. That was perfect weather, perfect decorations, perfect everything. I mean, and we are so biased, I think, just because like that was my first time ever going. It was honestly like the trip of a lifetime. I think we just had so much fun that I think October would be great. Maybe the winter would be nice too, especially you know, wherever you might live, if it gets super cold, I think that would be like the perfect, you know, 75 degree break that maybe you would want. I don't know. Does Disneyland have like an off season? Do they get less busy? I don't. After all of this and after the annual pass program is gone, I don't know if anybody can predict the crowds anymore because you used to be able to you know, judge it based off school schedules and when the locals would be going, but now the locals aren't going as much. That is just an observation that we were able to make is it seemed like there were a lot of people there on vacation. Some of them from just parts of other parts of California. Mm -hmm. Like we saw a lot of people wearing like San Francisco Giants hats and stuff. That Oh, a lot of people. Yeah. Coming from Northern California. 
but also I noticed a lot of people wearing like Utah stuff and Arizona stuff. So it seemed like there were a lot of people there on an actual proper trip. Whereas last time we were there, it it did really feel like everybody here is from LA. Mm -hmm. They're from LA County or Orange County. So yeah, (laughs) it was a wonderful trip. It was a great trip. And I do like going at this time of year because we were able to experience like the true space mountain, the true haunted mansion. And that really elevated our opinions of those attractions. Yep. So let us know if you have any other questions. We are an open book. We will share our, I was going to say unsolicited opinions, but then I guess it would be solicited if you wanted. But We're quite biased. But we will share our opinions or thoughts or guidance on anything from our experiences. And we are dropping all of the vlogs from this trip over the next week, two weeks, however quickly I can get them edited. One is already up right now for your viewing. And then if you are listening to this on a release day on Thursday, we will be live on YouTube tonight with Hannah. And we will be previewing just to catching up on the news and talking about what to look for if you're coming to Walt Disney World or Disneyland in August. We're a couple days in, a little bit late because we're on our vacation, but we'd love <laughs> to have you join us for that. It streams at 8 p.m. Eastern time on Facebook and YouTube, and you can always catch the replay if you can't join us live. And that segues nicely into if you are in the planning process for your trip please don't hesitate to reach out to our friend Hannah Little with Creating Magic Vacations. We promise she will do an excellent job. She will get you set up. She will make your dollar stretch as far as it possibly can. And she is going to continue checking back to make sure that you are always getting the best bang for your buck. You can go to littlebitofdisney.com, fill out that free quote section, and get that vacation planning process started. So we thank you guys so much for listening and sticking around for all 137 minutes at this. Wow. I don't know if this is. No way. I don't think this is our longest ever, though. We'll have to look it up. Got to be pretty close. I think we've gotten close to two. You want to drag it out somewhere? I don't think anyone needs that. (laughs) So thank you guys so much for listening. We will be back next week to talk more about storytelling. So I hope you can join us for that. And we will chat with you real soon. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Make sure you subscribe and leave us an iTunes review if you enjoyed the show. Between episodes, you can find us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland or visit DetourToNeverland.com. We appreciate you letting us be part of your day. See you real soon.